Powered by Reebok, this is Under the Surface with Annalie Maley. I would like to have the conversations about like performance, managing stress, anxiety, self-doubt, the whole bubble of identity and like who we are. It's Annalie Maley's Under the Surface. Okay, welcome everyone. This is season two of Under the Surface with Annalie Maley, powered by Reebok. And today we have Ben Air here with us. To start the episode, we're going to give Ben a little gift from Reebok. Here you ah, go. Wow. Droopy, wow. hey? Oh my God, amazing, <laughs> yes. So when you see him uh, walking around basketball stadiums, comment on his drip because... T-shirt, yeah. some sweats. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty nice stuff, man. Very nice. I like the colours. Yeah, and I feel... So if you see him, compliment him on what he's wearing just to make him feel good too, you know, like... Please. Yeah, pump up his tyres a little bit. But anyway, thanks Thanks for coming in. Thank what did? Thank is this an off day for you or...? Uh, no, not an off day. What is? Yeah. What does a typical day in the off-season look like for you? Um, uh, at the moment, so I'll go in the morning and go lift. Um, I like start my day, try and start my day every morning with a lift mm-hmm. um, just to be consistent. And then I'm, um, I'm in at State Basketball Center with Southeast a couple of days a week, um, working out with Mike, working out with Owen. Um, and then also on those other days, I'm not in with Southeast and I'm working out with uh, my trainer, Jono, um, down at Sandy mm-hmm. uh, where I'm playing. Um, and then, yeah, in the afternoons, I'll probably go do some recovery again back at the gym. Or just chill out in my own time and kind of just do do some off season things. When you have off days, if they rarely come around, what mm-hmm. are what do you do on those off days? What are you what are you doing when you're not doing lifting or basketball recovery stuff? Uh, I'm pretty basic to be honest. I'm really <laughs> chill. Like I'll definitely try and sleep in yeah. um, as much as I can. I'm not a great sleeper, so I'll just try and rest like on yeah. those days. Um, at the moment, I'm kind of like really into reading. A lot of like self-help books, mm-hmm. um, but also I'm reading Andre Agassi's book at the moment, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is incredible. So just kind of diving into some reading, um, and then also just being back in Melbourne, um, just hanging out with family. I've got three three nieces now, mm-hmm. um, so just spending as much time as I can with them and making up for lost time being away. Um, and then yeah, I've got three older siblings too, so just spending time with them as much as I can and. Yeah, that's kind of my off days. Like that's pretty dope. chill. Yeah, movies or whatever. I'm just I'm just relaxing. Pretty chill. Just doing his thing. Yeah. So the the reading thing is that a is that a new thing you've added in, or have you always been a big reader? Mm, nah, definitely haven't been a big reader at all. But um, probably not like new to now. Like mm-hmm. right now, I've, I've read, I've been reading a little bit, but I just go in and out. You know, mm-hmm. I have I have times where I'm reading a lot, and um, I guess it depends on the book. I don't know if you are you, you read. Look, I'd love to say I crack into the self help, but I'm a sci fi fantasy nerd okay. so <laughs> anything yeah, yeah. that's real life is a little bit too far-fetched to me i want to stay in my dragons and warlords era yeah nice. yep. <laughs> yeah no, that's perfect i'm i'm the complete opposite but i yeah. feel like reading regardless of what it is it's yeah. just like it's very peaceful yeah kinda takes like a, your focus yeah and just get your mind off something and um at the moment with like with the agassi book like yeah just learning someone else's story and um yeah you can take a lot from it but it's more just i think just like some peace and quiet, you know, yeah. and just just chill. 
Yeah. So I want to dive into your kind of life journey, whatever. And I guess to start off, like, what were you outside of basketball, outside of sport, what were you like as a kid? Like, how would your siblings, parents, peers describe young Ben? I think I was a little shit. I was, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just annoying. Being the youngest, yeah. again, I'm the youngest of four. Mm-hmm. Um, so just causing trouble, really. Um, always, always like sporty, though, not to yeah. keep doing the sport well, but no, always playing basketball or footy. I was playing footy growing up as well a lot. Um, but yeah, I think I was just a bit of a menace, you know, just running around, causing trouble at home, um, just like fighting with my brother, fighting yeah. my parents or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah that's, that's, that's about it. No, I, I like it. When did you first start sport? Like how were you introduced to that? Like a lot of people with older siblings start playing because of their older siblings. Was yeah. that kind of like the yeah, same thing? Yeah, yeah, same thing. Um, like all siblings played basketball. My brother played footy and then I played footy. I was actually way, I mean, in my early, early days, like under – 10s, 12s, 14s, I was always footy and like way better at footy than I was at basketball. Yeah. Um, and then I just like didn't really grow like everyone else did. <laughs> yeah. I was just small, like I was too frail, yeah. too little. Broke my arm like twice playing footy in like 14s and I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Basketball was just like a safer place for yeah. a small kid to play, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's yeah. more skill-based. So, um, yeah. yeah, just kind of stuck out with basketball. But yeah, definitely got introduced through my – brothers like through my siblings and i would have been like basketball would have been like five probably five or six yeah and then so you were like always around it always 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 yeah like my older sister's uh six seven years older than me um so yeah it's kind of just been did you guys do like family backyard hoop game like did you have a basketball hoop at home yeah yeah me and my brother always like brutal and just getting beat up you know every day Mm -hmm. and then like sometimes put the trampoline yeah. Underneath them, yeah. which is, you know, probably not really safe. And, like, back in – like, now you see trampolines that have the net. Yeah. They- like, we're talking no net. <laughs> like, your leg's gone through the spring. Yeah. Like, all that. Bad. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. And my brother, you know, little brother just yeah. doesn't care. Like, throw me off the tramp. Yeah. I, like, when I played with my little brother when he was little, mm-hmm. like, now he's six, seven, so he's not so little anymore. But when he was little mm-hmm. and we'd play basketball, like, every opportunity, go for a lap. but and then my older brother would bully the both of us Mm -hmm. and now they're both huge and i still struggle to score over the top of them but i'll never admit that to their faces i'll always (laughs) say that i beat them in every game anyway i digress um at school were you like a studious dude or not really like high school (laughs) not and by what stage did you decide just basketball like that was going to be a thing um probably like Probably under 14s, okay. I think, or around that age, like 13, you know, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just had to – I don't know. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was probably my brother. People, definitely yeah. my family, my fam, um, were just kind of like at some point you got to make a decision. Yeah. Um, probably also for my parents, like doing a lot of travel, having, you know, they probably wanted a Sunday off, so it's like – All the driving. Let's not play footy on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So that we can just chill, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah um so i just kind of got to a point i don't even know why but i just felt like i had to make a decision um on what sport i wanted to play and again i was better at footy like way better at footy i probably would have had a i mean at the at the time it was looking like i would have had a better career in footy than it was basketball Mm -hmm. but i just liked basketball way more like i just preferred it so um yeah it's made the call that passion like where you're like I mean, I describe it as when you're doing when what you do and you love it. Like you're not thinking about anything else. It's like the basketball passion. Like sometimes 
we don't have many stages in our career where we're able to just like just think about basketball and none of the noise. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when that passion started for you and you were like, this is something that I want to do or was it something that kind of developed as you got into college? No, definitely not. Before college, like I was always – like You're I want to play, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've been a gym rat probably since I was, you know, like twelve. Yeah, like literally every day, um, for hours on end. And then it kind of probably once I met, um, I met Joey Wright mm-hmm. um, through a camp here in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I would have been, I want to say I was like fourteen, yeah. thirteen or fourteen. And previous to that, like gym rat stuff is more just like I'm going in for forty five minutes, yeah, and I'm just like reenacting like youtube videos and i'm watching on yeah. basketball you know i'm reenacting nba yeah and that's how like i'm getting my hoop fix and yeah. that's how i'm hooping yeah but then i met joey at a uh, camp called the five star camp which okay. was out here and that's like an american based camp um it's really at the moment at the time it was really really big in america yeah they came out here it was like high school coaches um college coaches joey was a part of that like coaching thing mm-hmm. but it's just like also at that time for me it's like everything i'm watching on youtube and tv is american like to yeah. do with basketball but True. there's no one really out here that's like that so yeah even just to like hear an american coach like come out here hear his accent yeah in person for me was like the greatest thing ever you know yeah and yeah, you yeah. get in that environment and those camps back then are like five days a week oh it was a five day a week camp and like nine to five probably which is like these days Holy you, couldn't, crap. You, you, know, could, you could never do that no. these days. No. And you don't find them like that anymore. You don't. Yeah. But like that's just that American, you know, like that's that American do more. flavor. Yeah, <laughs> do more. Come out here and not like what else you got to do. Yeah. Like, if you want to play basketball, let's play basketball. Yeah. But that's where I eventually met Joey. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up coming in. I met him on the first day. Yeah. And then he was like, meet me back at the gym the next day at like 6 a.m. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. Go back. And he was coaching the Blaze at the time, Gold mm-hmm. Coast Blaze. So he's like NBL coach. Um, and I was a big NBL fan too. So I was like, this is crazy, you know? Yeah. So I go back the next day, like 6 a.m., meet him in the gym. And we worked out just me and him from like 6 till 7.30 in the morning. And then take like half an hour break. We sat there, like talked. And then we start the camp like 9 to 5, <laughs> which That's is crazy. Dope. And we did that every day for the next four days. Mm-hmm. But Joey really kind of like structured a workout for me and yeah. like taught me how to work out. And was like, this is the ball handling you should do. Do this every day for an hour. This is the shooting you should do. Do this every day for an hour. And just kind of gave me structures. And now rather than just going to the gym and doing random stuff, yeah. I'm now going to the gym like, and it's structured. It's and then, pu- Like purposeful. Purposeful, yeah, yeah exactly. And like, now I could really start to see myself getting better. And I think from probably from that moment where I was really like, like this is like I love this. Like this yeah. is the best thing ever, you know? Like I just didn't want to be not in the gym ever. Yeah. So probably, probably from that moment I would say. Is, is when the passion that's like, super cool because yeah. that's a full circle moment for you too because you ended up playing for him like that's yeah. dope like, yeah, yeah. that's we've so got cool some, yeah we've got some I mean we've got a good relationship yeah now, so, but yeah it is cool good history Um, as you're kind of going through I don't know maybe like leading up to college stuff or maybe it leaks into college do you remember a time where you ever like doubted yourself or like questioned your ability because i know for a lot of people like their self like when it comes to basketball skill stuff like their belief self-belief comes from the work that they put in mm-hmm. even though you were putting in all this work did you ever question your ability in that way like before you got to college or was like talk me through that yeah i'm um, definitely i mean for me like again being i think physically like i matured later than a lot of people my age mm-hmm. and like was never under 16s, 18s, all that, like never in a state team, 
mm-hmm. and like never even close to making a state team you know so like you get invited to state camp yeah and it's like first cut i'm out yeah. like next next year i go second cut i mean first cut i'm out like yeah. every time so i'm kind of like, and at that age you know like that's everything like, it hurts to, yeah it does hurt but like not being in a state team is like what am i doing if i'm you know what i mean yeah like, i know exactly what you're talking about like yeah. so for me like just making a ones team was like a big deal or yeah. the biggest deal and then um a lot of my friends are like in state teams or they're like they're getting closer than i am um so there's like a stack of doubt there and all i'm hearing is like you're too small to this to that you know it's the same old stuff yeah and like to be honest like fair enough <laughs> like, yeah. i probably was too small <laughs> like i probably wasn't yeah i think skill wise i was better than everyone yeah but I don't think like I was probably there physically. Yeah. Um, so doubt like for me started like from very young age. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know why. It's like, why would I pick basketball if I'm small? Why yeah. would, like, why do I even play sport? You know, type thing. And yeah. I go to, um, and then once I went to college, Yeah. like college, I didn't get recruited heavily at all. Like yeah. I went to junior college. Yeah. for two years and then after where, junior college where, where did you go to junior college I went to a school called Skagit Valley which okay. is in Washington mm-hmm. uh, Washington State not DC um, and it's like it's not even in the NJCAA like it's not even the National Juco it's like it's own separate Washington League yeah so like no one again no one knows about it at all. <laughs> yeah. it's like a very small place so it's kind of like what am I doing here yeah all that and it's the same it's just doubt kind of non-stop and then even after Juco it's like not really getting recruited like I had one NAIA offer and one D2 offer. And like I went to D2, but still then from there, it's like how many guys go from D2 straight to the NBL or straight yeah. to pro? It's like, and you start looking at these percentages or like hearing stories about guys and it's like, no one's doing, no one's yeah. really going. So it's like, like, again, that's just doubles down on the doubt. And it's just like, what am but I But how do you, how do you keep yourself kind of centered in, cause like, look, now I would say like there's more like, I want to say now, like the past like two, three years, there's more options for people that don't make state teams and go maybe high school in the States and then you go and then um, you see more people um, that have done it. I mean, like yourself, like Junior when he was on the show, like Mm -hmm. you see there's more examples of people that have gone different routes. But for you without those real examples, right, because now kids are able to like see that in you, but it's not like you really had that to look at. How are you you able to like – I mean, you didn't quit. You still went to JUCO. You still went to your D2. Like, you were still training, playing, all that stuff. How do you stay, like, obviously there's self-doubt there, but then there also must be a motivator with belief that you could do it somewhere. Like, mm. how or was, like, what were the voices like? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, vo- <laughs> the voices get crazy yeah. at times. But I think for me, it was a, I mean, I, you have your separate journey. You know, you obviously yeah. have your basketball journey. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of have like your own life. Men- yeah. And yeah. your own mental kind of like growth that you go through. So um, there was definitely like big turning points for me where I was able to like learn more about myself and I could probably control my emotions a little bit better and, mm-hmm. and the doubt better. Um, but earlier on, I, I think it just goes back to like working out and I just like loved playing basketball. Like yeah. I didn't really care. It kind of got to the point where I was like, I don't actually like, I do want to play pro, of course. And yeah. like, I want to do all these things. But if it doesn't happen, I'm actually okay with just working out every day. Like okay. if I start my morning going and lifting and then going and working out for like an hour and then I go to my office job, yeah. like I would honestly be cool with that. Like that's just kind of what I wanted to do with my time and with my life. So yeah. Um, obviously, with again, like with my mental like growth, I think over time, 
um, I was able to kind of like let go of these big dreams and big goals yeah. I have and just concentrate on like my day-to-day -day and yeah. like that journey. And I feel like once I actually got to that point, that's kind of when things changed for me, yeah. to be honest. like Things started happening because yeah. a lot of people are like big planners, right? And they mm -hmm. like to plan out the next couple of years and mm -hmm. all that stuff. But then there's like the the day-to-day, -day, right? That, that's life. Like, that is life, like, for sure. They're, they're waking up every day and doing the small stuff, the hard shit that like no one talks about. Or like there's a lot of players that do do that and then go to their office jobs and then are still grinding to play. Like, I mean, it's a re reality for a lot of female athletes. That's what we got to do. Like, yeah, for sure. I think that the finding the peace in that day-to-day, -day, that would have like just, God, like unlocked so much for your brain to then be at peace with what you do. Yeah. But so before you took that step from college to professional, was there like, it, like you said, there were moments, do you remember any of your defining moments where you had mindset shifts, like where you were maybe forced to come to terms with things or um, like any specific like conversations, games, situations where you were like had to grow mentally in order to continue doing what you were doing? I don't think in college I ever really – had any turning moments like I was probably a little bit delusional in college like looking back <laughs> on it you know I just yeah. always thought like something's gonna happen for me you know yeah. like I'm gonna play pro like I don't know how it's gonna happen but it's gonna happen at some yeah. point you know like even Juco it's like um like yeah Juco I'm like after that you think you're gonna go D1 and then when D1 doesn't come around it's just like to the next thing and like D2 and then you just Google like D2 players that went to the NBA or D2 players yeah. that went to the NBA. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah. like you see this guy like, oh, so it, it can happen. So yeah. it's like that's probably a delusional thing, you know, a little bit. I but mean, it's hope. Like, it is It's hope. drive. It, like. is, it is. But it was probably like a little bit unrealistic, you know. But mm. at the same time, like it was probably more in Lithuania. Like when yeah. I went to Europe, it was – that's when I really had like a change where I was like I need a – something's going to happen, you know. Like yeah. I got either – lock in or or not like i'm gonna have to give it up or i'm gonna keep going <laughs> was lithuania your first gig out of college or like what, what was your first thing out of college no what? so i came back from college that's when i played for another wedding right, right gotcha. that was like right right away yeah. came back like halfway through their season mm -hmm. um but like wasn't really playing like mm -hmm. at all for them like they had a stack team um then and like a lot of old guys um and then after that i went to adelaide as a development player okay that's when i was playing there with joey but like mm -hmm. didn't play at all like yeah um like not a single minute yeah. <laughs> that whole season so then yeah. and then covid happened and and joey left adelaide yep and it was kind of like whoever was with him kind of went as well yeah so then that's when i came home and i was like back to melbourne and then i'm out of the nbl it's also COVID, so it's like you can't just like go be a training player because no. there's like too many loopholes to get you could, through. You could barely even find a place to train. Like, yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. Was, it was like the craziest time. So that's when I was like home and I was kind of like, I don't know what to do. Um, and then Brock, I don't know, you guys know Brock Modem? Yep. Yeah, so mm -hmm. Brock, um, I met him in Adelaide like a few years back, but we've been close since. And then he ended up helping me um, with like a European agent and stuff and got connects to Lithuania. Mm -hmm. um, again, like second division Lithuania in the middle of nowhere um yeah like very minimal very very minimal money yeah <laughs> uh, but it was just another opportunity you know it was just kind of like another thing to continue my career it's like yeah. if you want to play you can do this or if you don't want to play you can stay home and find something else to do you know what yeah. I mean? so you just kind of those are the moments i think where it's really like it just forces you to ask yourself like is this what i want to do you know yeah I, I think it was just a 
it was like a vessel for me more so to be able to continue to train like yeah during covid like you said there was nowhere to go train nothing so it's yeah. like i'm just gonna go on the other side of the world and and go train there you know yeah. and go work out and, and play some games and see what happens you know end of the day like i said i just loved hooping so yeah. like it gave me a chance to go hoop again and i'm like why not i mean what was it like living in a country that doesn't speak english and lithuania's very far from home yeah what was that like in terms of like a character building experience for you like the basketball is the basketball but the day-to-day like what Mm. was that like yeah it's crazy that was that was the biggest turning point for me like Mm -hmm. just probably in my life when i look back on it like the most important time i think of my own individual growth Mm -hmm. um but in saying that like it's Lithuania is like it's very gloomy. Like was it cold. snowing at that time? Like, nah, in nah, my head I think Lithuania like bit. really cold. Yeah, yeah. It, oh yeah, freezing. Like <laughs> yeah. no sun at all, um, which like definitely affects your mood. Oh, for sure, seasonal depression is a yeah. thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know it until then. <laughs> but like yeah. people, you know, just walking around, no one really looks happy. Yeah. Um, just like run down apartments. Yeah. That's kind of what everyone's living in. This is, of course, this is the city I'm living in. Yeah. Like, like uh, Vilnius, which is like one of the main cities, I kind of got to see it like on my last few days that I was there, mm-hmm. and like it's quite a beautiful place. Like, yeah, I could see my like I could see people living there, yeah. or it's like a really, 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 really small Melbourne. So, yeah. like that, there are nice places in yeah. Lithuania, but like if you're playing you professionally, were, yeah. yeah, it's it's tough, and there's nothing really around. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of like in the hotel or in my like hotel room. And then, like, didn't have a car either, nothing. So, like, walk to practice in the freezing. Dang. Practice, come home, like, get some food, probably take a nap. Yeah. And then you go practice again and then come home. And it's, like, nighttime by that time. So, just eat and then probably just chill, talk to some people back home. On FaceTime. Just, yeah, because I'm just trying to hear some English. Yeah. Um, and that's it, you know. That's kind of the, that was the day-to-day for me, you know. Like, I'd find... Find small things, you know, like I found a little cafe, go get a coffee and like a cinnamon scroll. Yeah. Like that yeah, you got to find thing. your stuff. Yeah. yeah, that was literally my thing every single day. Um, but yeah, it just forces you, you know, when when I can't speak to people back home or the time change is yeah. different and I'm just chilling in this hotel room by myself, like can't go speak to my teammates because yeah. they don't speak English. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so, you know, I just kind of have to like, a lot of questions come up in your mind, you know, like, yeah. a lot of downtime just sitting by yourself, like it forces you to ask questions and, it sucks, you know, at times. Like, there's a lot of difficult questions you got to ask yourself yeah. and stuff like that. But, at, again, like, it's probably the most important time of my life when I, like, look back on it. Yeah, I mean, that's the time where you grow, right? For like, sure. I, I think about it as, like, overseas, like, professional overseas sports for some people who are in big cities and there's English-speaking people and, like, it can, they can be amazing experiences. Um, but there are a lot of times where people go play overseas and you're by yourself a lot, yeah. right? Like, so you you don't know many people and you train and then you go back to your room and then you train and you go back to your room, right? So mm. you have a lot of time to like be in your own head. Yeah. Do you remember at what point in your season you started to realize that like, oh, maybe there was a loop you needed to stop going on in your brain or you're pretty on it? early like you know what i mean like when yeah. did you introduce the coffee and cinnamon scroll when did you start um like introducing some more positive headspace stuff or did it kind of have to get to a point first before you were able to kind of grow from that yeah it definitely had to get to a point first so like when i got there my kind of thing is when i get into like a new environment and like that happens a lot for me like i change i mean you would know yeah. too. you know you, you go have on, to adapt yeah. yeah you have to adapt but i kind of just let the environment kind of take its shape around yeah. me and then I can kind of figure it out from there or what what my schedule will look like or how I want to kind of mm-hmm. what, what I want to do in that environment basically so I kind of 
did that in in Lithuania. Like I just got there and was like, let me just go to practice, see what everyone's like. Let me come home, like kind of see what it takes. Yeah, it. Like yeah. if you know, let me go walk and find a cafe, and then yeah. if I like this cafe, then that'll be the thing that I start repeating over and over. So yeah. kind of let it take shape. But I think it kind of just hit me too much in Lithuania. Like yeah. I was caught off guard. I think by how little communication I'm going to have with people, yeah. how much like inner voices and inner talk yeah. I'm going to have. I think. It just, I'd never ever done anything like self-help. I'd never yeah. done any like meditation or breathing or, yeah. or reading or anything like in my life. Cause it's just like, you just constantly got something to do. I think yeah. when you're back home or when you're around people and you're comfortable in your environment, you know, exactly. there's, just, there's yeah. always something to do that is distracting you almost from yeah. learning about yourself. I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, so then once I was over there, it just kind of got to a point where I was like, man, holy shit, like, I'm actually really like I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. Like I actually hate this. Like yeah. I, I'm not enjoying my day to day. I'm not enjoying practice, and I'm not enjoying basketball. Yeah. Which is like probably when it really, really hit me. And I'm like, yeah. if I'm not enjoying basketball, then something's up. Yeah, because like, that's your happy place. That is my happy yeah. place exactly. And it's like this is this is not right. So it's like again, you have a choice. It's like, do I just fucking get on a flight home, yeah. or do I stay here and like try and figure this shit out? And, yeah, and that's kind of was the first time where I was like. Just gonna have to try and figure this out. Um, yeah. So yeah, this, things started kind of changing for me then. Yeah. So I mean, like when we're forced into these like less than desirable situations as mm -hmm. athletes, like I mean, I've done the where I just run away from the bad situation. Like I've done that, but like the mm -hmm. the most like kind of euphoria you get out of going through something that's like really hard, and then you like learn from it, and then you change from it. Like it's pretty dope yeah it's pretty dope because like is. you're forced into these situations where you have to adapt or you do get on the flight to go home yeah you have to change you have to figure it out and it actually not only just makes you a better athlete but it like that's it's character character development it is. like doing it for the plot you it know is, like, yeah. it really <laughs> is sure. just like it helps you become a more rounded human mm -hmm. but it's crap man like that's like it's a lonely place to be while you're figuring it out mm -hmm. and i think that I mean, before I ask you about like your next steps and stuff, I think that especially being like, I mean, I have two brothers. I've been around enough guys in my lifetime. Like when when guys go through things, sometimes they don't reach out because there's like a fear of the stigma there and stuff. Were you ever like concerned about talking to people about like, oh God, I'm not enjoying this because you had a fear of like people viewing that as weakness or anything or that's not something that really crossed your mind? No, I think so. And to be honest, like still to this day, you yeah. know, like in your everyday struggle, like there still is that that like voice in your head. It's like yeah. I don't want to seem like I don't want people to know that I'm going through things or yeah. I don't want people to think that I'm asking for help yeah. like as a sign of weakness. Yeah. Which of course is like the complete opposite. Like yeah. it's actually a sign of strength when you Exactly, when strength and vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. But I, again, I'm like so so lucky to have my siblings. Yeah. Um who are just like very aware and like very open and always like basically just giving me a line to communicate with them. So it's yeah. like, it's kind of keeps it within my circle. So I am reaching out, but it's like- It's safe. It's a very, yeah. very safe space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, for sure. I appreciate my family so much for that. And especially when I was in Lithuania, like they were massive for me, you know, like rather than having a call, I don't know, like call a mate and yeah. like think that he's thinking something about me, yeah. you know, I can just call them because I know they're not judging me or I know yeah. they're not this. And, and honestly, same with Brock. Yeah. Brock at the time, like always open line communication yeah. and- he had been in the situation. So there were a lot of things where, like he'd played in Lithuania before. He's an Australian that played overseas for a yeah. long time. So it's like I could call him knowing that 
he's been through this moment or he's done this or so i just kind of had a very small circle yeah um of people that i could kind of rely on but yeah to to that point yeah. there, about the stigma and you know it's still to this day like i probably battle with it a little yeah. bit i'm sure a lot of people do um but i'm just yeah i think i'm just very lucky to have a circle that i can open up to yeah i would say like the the first couple because like look i'm a super open book and i'm very very vulnerable and open about a lot of things but i wasn't always like that mm. i think that some of the things i would say to the people in my life that are still struggling to like reach out and ask for help in areas is like find your safe you know, yeah. find your people who you know you can talk to without filtering, but also knowing that like maybe you say something and it stops there. Like it's never going to, they're never going to betray your trust in that way. They're just going to listen. For you, that's your siblings. For other people, it could be a friend, could be a parent, could be whatever. It could yeah. be a coach. Yeah. Like find your small circle of trust and that can be your first reach out. Like yeah. it doesn't always have to be you start a podcast to talk about this stuff, but like <laughs> it, it doesn't always have to be something grand, but it is important to like initially break that barrier to reach out mm-hmm. um anyway i digress um post lithuania what was your next step and how did you step into the next situation after going through something that was less than ideal like that's kind of yeah talk me through that uh well kind of nothing <laughs> nothing yeah. really came of lithuania you yeah know, i came i ended up coming home a little bit early mm-hmm. my mom would hate me saying this but my mom was diagnosed, diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. when i was in lithuania yeah and that was kind of like a a big thing for me to come home a yep. reason to come home um so i kind of like short the season not by much yeah i came home towards the end um and again the nbl was still like in a bubble kind of like covid was still a thing a pretty yep. big thing yep. um so there was probably like a it's probably like a four month period i think where i came home and like nothing was really I didn't really know what the hell was going on with basketball. Yeah. But again, I learned so much <laughs> in Lithuania about yeah. like myself and like what really mattered to me. Your family it, values, that type of stuff. Of course. Yeah. But again, it always came back to basketball. Like I didn't really I just wanted my days to be working out. Yeah. <laughs> like I just yeah, wanted to yeah. keep working out. So I was like, I didn't really know where this is leading. Um, but yeah, I just kinda kept working out. And then that's eventually when I I spoke to Forty. Mm-hmm. Like Forty had called me and just been like, there's a training player um oh you can come up here and train basically like got no money um but like we'll just treat you like a like a fully rusted player blah blah blah. and and um you can kind of it's up to you you know like Mm -hmm. and for me it was just again another space um like another space for me to go and train work out but the thing is too is like such a bad you you mentioned about like you come from such a bad place or such a tough spot yeah like anything after that was like i don't know like this is not gonna get worse yeah true 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 can't get worse from here so for someone who maybe was like maybe if i was a development player at adelaide and then this thing with cans came after that yeah it's like where i've been paid some money in in adelaide and like had a chance to actually be on a team you know get a jersey all that fancy crap that means nothing then and they come to me like we got no money but you come up here and train it's like fuck i don't know if i want to do that yeah but like because i came from the lithuania situation it's like yeah why not like yeah kansas is a beautiful place like worst case possible i go up there and like have a good time like outside of basketball yeah and i train a little bit and i get better and i meet some cool guys and yeah and that's that you know make some good relationships like that was kind of my mindset with it so yeah that's a rare mindset like especially in sports people because mm. they're always thinking and you know we're taught 
about this from like our young ages is like if you're not taking steps forward you're taking steps backwards like yeah. side steps are seen as negative or even like any sort of any sort of pathway that doesn't look like this like it, i mean in reality everyone's journey kind of goes all over the map but yeah the to be able to like just see an opportunity as an opportunity and not value it as like take going backwards and or forwards it's mm-hmm. like even if it is a space that you haven't been in being able to see that as like I know I can take steps forward in this way. Yeah. I know that I can do this in this way. Like it's pretty rare to be able to do that. Do you credit that to just what you had gone through in Lithuania? Or do you think maybe that has something to do with the fact that like you, like like you said, you didn't make state teams. You were told you were too small. Like you went a different route in college. Like do you think like maybe all of those experiences helped you to just take opportunities as they are? Yeah, I think I think a combination of both. Like definitely the the younger stuff with being not making state teams mm-hmm. and like just kind of looking uh, for the next opportunity. Um, but at the same time, like I don't think if I didn't go through that experience overseas, I don't yeah. think I would have been in the same mindset. Like yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, did, um, did you take when you went up to Cairns? Was that for the that was for the NBL season, right? And then mm-hmm. you did NBL one, and then back there for NBL. Is that how that? Yeah. Worked? So I went up there uh, the twenty two season, mm-hmm. and was there like the whole year. Yeah. And then I played at the back end of that year. That's okay. when I like played a few games. And, right. Like, was it right. was it injuries there? Is that how that happened? Yeah. Scott Machado was there. Yeah. He got injured. Um, and I played the last eight games and yeah. like started the last five. Yeah, I remember is, that. Yeah, which was wild. <laughs> yeah. But, um, shout out to 40 for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then I stayed up there and played for the Marlins yeah. in the off season. And then this, the year after, which was just last year, I that's when I signed my first contract. That's actually wild. I want to yeah. like, let's go back a couple of steps. So yeah, yeah, you yeah. go up there, you're training. How do you keep like a, like I'm a take it to people everyday mindset while like, did you have to work at the same time, right? Yeah, I was working. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the the glam of being an NBL player or whatever, like, mm-hmm. how do you, like, keep a level head and, like, stay focused while you're also managing, like, a lot of other things in your life, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, I've never really given a shit about, like, the fan you know the stuff that comes with basketball i just i really just love basketball yeah you wanted to play yeah and just love like i just enjoy waking up sometimes i enjoy waking up and working out from like 7 to 8 30 by myself a great workout more than a game yeah like sometimes i get more pleasure out of that yeah than actually playing like sounds silly but yeah no i totally understand what you mean yeah but like so for me like that's like the best thing i can do yeah for like just out of anything. Yeah, like if yeah, someone yeah. right now is like, what, what do you want to do right now? It's like, I'll probably go work go, out. Go work you know, out like, yeah. I just, I, I feel so happy in that moment. And mm-hmm. I don't think about anything else. Like it's a very clear space for my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I don't know. I just, I, I just enjoyed, I was just enjoying being there and like going yeah. to work and doing some other stuff in my other time. Like didn't bother me. Like that was yeah. just, I was doing that in Melbourne anyway, you know, yeah. like I was working in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I was probably working a way worse job in yeah. Melbourne than I was <laughs> yeah. up there. So um yeah but also going back i did want to say going back to that mindset of like going up and being like this is you know this is just a great opportunity Mm. i also had in like my mind like i'm actually like i think i'm better than most of these guys yeah like i'm gonna go up here i'm gonna fucking kill these guys every single day of training and like the nbo in this like at trainings they're not always like guys aren't always going hard like they're not always like some guys are chilling 
some guys are going hard, which is rare to find. Yeah. But like when you're a training player and you got a lot of energy to expand and like you might sit out for two days in a row. Yeah. And then like someone's like, oh, I'm going to take a day off. So then now you come in. It's like, this is my game. Like yeah. when I'm training, this is my mm-hmm. game. You know what I mean? So these guys, this is not their game. Like, yeah. So like, and it, it sucked a little bit because I wanted to build relationships. Yeah. But I was also hurting relationships because guys like, man, like, fuck you. Like, yeah. This is, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's Tuesday morning, bro. I just play. <laughs> Like you're I know picking exactly me off, what you're you know, you're picking yeah. me up full court. Like, yeah. fuck off, man. Yeah. But I'm like, nah, like, I'm sorry. This is my game. <laughs> this yeah. is what I got to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that ended up, I feel like that was the thing that kind of changed, changed it for me, you know, yeah. because I think um, the coaching staff up there saw that, respected that. I think yeah. a lot of guys on the team also saw it and respected it. Um, mm-hmm. Some guys didn't, but that that's, you know, that yeah. kind of is what it is. That's, that's the industry too. Like it, Literally, that was the yeah. moment where it took, it took me to be like, like i can't just be the nice guy all yeah. the time you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to hurt relationships for me yeah. to get a job like it's also like if that relationship is hurt by you putting 100 percent effort into practice it's probably a relationship you don't need anyway sure yeah you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i i i absolutely like it's funny because i've actually said that per like exactly what you said about like that training is my game mm-hmm. when i was playing at southside and i wasn't playing mm-hmm. i was like training that's my game like yeah. i was so excited for training every day because yeah. i got to go up against like i mean for you it would be like you know you get to go against the nbl guys i get to go against like opals and wnba yeah. players like i was like this is the best yeah like i guess for like i really mean it. like if people didn't see that and that if that's a relationship that you hurt probably not one that you want anyway for and sure. listening to like for whatever kids are listening say say it's for like your under 14s under 16s rep team mm-hmm. and if you're coming off the bench and in practice you're playing against someone and they get annoyed at you in practice and then they you know might hold something against you don't take that personally because you don't need that relationship anyway like sure. you can be nice you can be a great teammate but if someone's angry at you for giving 100 percent, that's not someone you need in your life for sure anyway moving on um do you remember the obviously you would the moment when he told you that you were going to be playing a couple of games or was there kind of like an area where you're like i think he's injured i think he's not he might pick me am i gonna do this like tell yeah. me how that all ended up like unfolding well there was there's <laughs> there was actually a lot that was going on yeah. so first when i went up there um probably within the first i want to say like first month or two first two months mm-hmm. like scott got injured mm-hmm. um pretty early in the year and then me and 40 had a meeting or me 40 and there was another training player up there robbie mm-hmm. and he was kind of like i'm kind of i'm just gonna let you guys like play yeah for the spot so we kind of like it was a pretty crazy scenario yeah. it was almost like roll the ball out and you guys are gonna play one-on-one yeah to like see who's gonna play that's wild it is wild but it's cool like that's a it's cool, cool environment it to is like, it is to put you in you know i think a lot of people don't like that you know yeah. and like that's the type of guy that 40 years like he yeah. wants that environment and that like a bit of tension you know what yeah. i mean and like for me i love that too yeah because like, competitive it's super competitive yeah. and it's game like um and if i lose i'm cool with that because yeah. like you beat me you know yeah. what i mean like there's, there's no excuse like, yeah so we went downstairs and we ended up just like rolling the ball out playing like a bit of ones um and then from there uh like 40 was like he never actually told me like you're gonna play but yeah. like you're gonna and he didn't tell either of us like this is like you you won like yeah. you won the spot basically yeah. it never got to that but uh i feel like i was gonna play yeah and then the next day it might have actually been that day me and keanu were in yeah. a rebounding drill and we like collided knees and i fractured yeah. my knee yeah and then like right after that practice i think it was taj taj was like bro you're about you know you're about to play right like try and figure out your knee like try and figure out if you can just like get it right yeah 
I'm like, bro, it's fat as shit. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's broken, I'm yeah. pretty sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I ended up going to the doctors and I fractured my knee. So I was out for like three months. And they were like, you can just go home if you want and just get it right. Yeah. You know? I was like, nah, I'm just going to stay. Yeah. Like nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I'm enough. just going to stay off here. Yeah. Um, so I ended up just kind of just like rehabbing my knee for three months of the season. Yeah. And then once I got healthy, it kind of happened again. Like Scott got injured. Um, Timing's everything, man. It is. Yeah. But then Forty was like, we're not going to be able to play you because we can't because of like some financial stuff was yeah, going yeah. on or whatever and then like two days later he's like actually something's happening blah 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 we can play i'm Wild. like so i'm playing yeah. Yeah, yeah so then that's when i went to tassie but mm-hmm. i wasn't really playing yeah um anything like that and then um i played a little bit in the oh no, no i didn't play in that game when we're coming back from tassie yeah, yeah. that was my first trip we're on the way back from tassie we got a layover in brisbane yeah and 40 comes up to me he's like hey man um I'm gonna start you. I'm like, what? Because I'd played like three, like three drunk, three junk minutes at the yeah. end of the last game. He's like, I'm gonna start you. I'm like, for real? He's like, yeah, I'm gonna start you. And then just walked off. Oh my <laughs> so God. then we've got we've got a flight from Brisbane back to Cairns, and we're playing United the next day. Yeah. At home, and then the next morning he's at shoot around. He's kind of like, yeah, I'm just gonna start you on Delhi. Just yeah, go head yeah. to head. Just go out there and just like pick him up full court and just pester him. Like, yeah. That's, that's literally your job. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, so I went and did that, played okay, and then I had like played the next. I think we had six games left, five yeah. games left, and then I started the next five games. Yeah, that's actually wild. Wild, yeah. You know what's crazy though is because like not a lot of people can deal with like the turmoil that is. I mean, that season for you, there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing I want to ask you about is like when you got injured. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Were you like, oh, I'll be back soon, or like, did you get hit by the fuck? I was about to play. Like, yeah. well, how did you handle that? Yeah, no, nah, it was just like full on, like, fuck, I was about to play. <laughs> yeah. That was my, you know, and yeah. you don't get many chances. No. Like, there's only very small windows that you get an opening yeah. to like show and prove yourself. Yeah. So I was kind of like, that's it, you know? Like, I yeah. was of that mindset, especially because you're, because I'm injured, yeah. you can't actually train. No. So, like, there's no like affirmation of like, I'm actually, I'm still you know, getting I'm still better. good. You yeah. Know? I'm still like, I'm nice. Like, you, you start to forget, like, how good you are yeah. you start to like doubt yourself even more and it's like i don't know if i'm going to come back and be the same like mm-hmm. i don't even know what this injury is blah 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 yeah. so it just goes on forever so it was definitely more just like fuck and then did you have support in that area like did you talk to people during that like did like obviously did you rely on your family again or was it like this is something you dealt with internally more? yeah probably more internally that one mm-hmm. um but again i just i didn't have a choice of like I mean, you do. You have a choice of like you can go home, yeah, or you can stay rehab and like mm-hmm. just just try wait for the next opportunity type thing, yeah. or not wait for it, but try and make something else happen. Um, and I think for me, as long as that season was happening and yeah. like going on, that I I always knew there was going to be something, you know. And yeah. if it wasn't going to be something that season, then I was going to stay and play yeah. in the off season with the Marlins and like try and make something happen there. Yeah. So it's just kind of the just next opportunity yeah. mindset. Um, but instantly, and especially for the first month of that injury, it was just like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It was, it was especially cool. because, like, the way you've described it, like, even just training is your happy place. So, like, not being able to do that while you have so much going through your head. Yeah. I guess, like, how did you then get back, like, as you started to train again, like, getting back into that? How did you step back into the mindset of, like, I can, I can fucking do this. Like, I'm going to get that opportunity. Or were you still kind of, like, harboring that self-doubt? Um, 
I was definitely still kind of there was still some like self doubt in there. Yeah. But like I'd already had a little taste of like training and yeah. like being around the guys, and I'm like I can play in this league like, yeah. for sure. Like yeah. these guys, like you kind of glorify the guys that are up above you and yeah. ahead of you, and then once you actually step into that environment, it's just like I'm I'm actually right here with yeah. these guys, you know, and you have that realization. So that gave me confidence. Mm-hmm. But then obviously with the injury, it's like I don't really know what what's happening, and like yeah. more self doubt comes in. Yeah. Um. And you kind of always had those like questions in your mind, yeah. but after the Melbourne game, once I started playing, yeah, um, and I came down to Melbourne. That's the game when I had like twenty and ten, yeah, and I was like, I remember that my yeah. breakout game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like after that game, honestly, since that day, like, like my self doubt has been like very minimal, if yeah. any. Like, I, if anything, yeah. I've just doubled down the other way. Now yeah. I just believe. Like if I can have twenty and ten against, and also not against like no bums, like it was Daly, Shaley, yeah. Goulding, like it's yeah. it like you know the best defenders in the yeah. league, top guys. Yeah. Um, I was just like, now I have no reason. Like, why would I have self doubt? You know yeah. what I mean? And then that's when everything started kind of turning around for me and yeah. going the opposite way. It's like now I really, really believe that I am who I am. You know, yeah. I, I really am this good. Do you did you have a moment? Maybe it was then. Maybe it was during NBA one, or maybe it was during this last season, just gone, mm. where you were able to reflect on like your journey of getting there. Because, like I said before, like there's a lot of kids that go like um, juniors, state team, Oz team, AIS, college, back mm. to NBL, yeah, right? Yeah, your path didn't look like that. Yeah, and so have you had the time to like actually sit back and be like, yeah, I did this, and now when you you know you have a kid sitting in his dorm at a juco being like how many juco kids can play and like your name's <laughs> yeah. gonna come up in that like yeah. have you been able to reflect on the fact that your path has like you haven't taken the traditional path but you've paved a new one right mm-hmm. and other kids are going to take that same one mm-hmm. have you been able to reflect on that at all uh a little bit i think mm-hmm. it's i mean reflection's like a work in progress yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. tough you know yeah. it's a hard thing to do but um I have I reflected after the I definitely had a, a moment of reflection after before I played in the off season so yeah. like right after um those like I'd started those games and yeah. everything because like that was that was more just like that was the biggest jump you know mm-hmm. it's like that was like holy like you know holy yeah. shit like I just started NBA games yeah so I did have a uh, some reflection then but then after that it's just like I'm very much always just like what's I, I just feel like i've just started yeah like i'm a little bit older and like my career started a little bit yeah. later but like that's probably a reason why i'm kind of yeah. like fuck like what's next or like how i mean can like I in the spectrum going? of your journey like you've only just started like yeah when yeah. i say you've paved the way like you're like here and there's still so much more of like, course of course but yeah. like that's probably where i need to that's where you can't get caught up you know in being like what do i got to do next yeah and then you forget about what everything you've done and yeah that, that can yeah, be yeah. a bad thing but um so yeah i've had some reflection but recently not heaps yeah so no i mean that's fair (laughs) i mean you're about to step into another playing situation like you've just signed with phoenix like Mm -hmm. how are you going to like does your mindset shift going from one club that you've been able to show every part of yourself in practice every day do you go in with the same actually it's a great question Mm -hmm. so do you still enter every practice with the same mindset you did as a training player when you first got to Cairns, like now stepping into like your NBL roster spot, going mm. into a new team. Is it the same mindset? Is it the same, Ben? Or is it like a completely different mindset? No, nah, it's the same. Yeah. I think it's the exact same. Like that has to be the base every time. Like that's just who I am, you know what I mean? I always, even now, like still underestimated, I think, mm-hmm. and still it's just like, probably just 
now it's kind of like, well, you're a role player in the NBA. Like, cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's just always a ceiling, a ceiling that people are going to put on me. Yeah. Um, and that's just something that I always want to break through. So you ha- I have to have that base level mindset. But mm-hmm. I think now it comes with a little bit more like there's just more confidence in doing that. Yeah. Um, and like I'm more just – I. Mm, it's hard to put into words, but no, I, I would say I would say yeah, it's it's really the same. There's no there's yeah. no definitely different mindset. Um, I need you need to work on. It's easy to get caught up in like having success now, you know, mm-hmm. and especially I think in NBL one level, mm-hmm. like you get you can go down there and like kill, you know, yeah. and average twenty five a game, yeah, and get all the praise you want day in day out. But then you forget you can't forget that you go back to the NBL. It's like yeah, I still need to be the same like Duco kid. Yeah. I need to be the same kid that didn't make the state team like i gotta come in here and have that same mindset and like if i don't i'm now i'm gonna be out of the league yeah you know what i mean like yeah, that's yeah. just how the nbl is in the moment i think yeah. a lot of professional leagues like that like yeah if you lose where you came from like it's wraps you know yeah. i think and very quickly too yeah so if i don't have that mindset then yeah it's, it's not gonna be good yeah i mean you gotta stay true to yourself you gotta have your core values and the way that you approach every situation i mean from the sounds of it and actually from people on looking like Watching you play basketball is fun, right? Because you mm. play really passionately and you play hard every possession. Mm-hmm. You you play fucking hard, man. It's fun to watch, <laughs> and it's like it's the it's the reason like people come to watch you play. It's mm. the w- reason that people come to watch players like you play. Mm-hmm. I would say if you had a young kid come up to you and ask you like, "Hey, what's your one bit of advice?" Like, what would that be? Yeah. I don't know, to be honest right now. Yeah. Um, well, there's no – I don't think there's any, like, magic – I don't have a magical answer. Like, my answer is always just – it's very um, – it's not corny, but it's always just, like, you just got to stay in the gym. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you got to keep working out and just mm-hmm. – you just got to get better. Like, yeah. And I think it doesn't matter what level you play at um, or, like, whether you're in a JUCO, whether you're in a twos team growing yeah. up, you're not in a state team. Yeah. If you're good enough, like coaches will find you. Someone will find you. Like yeah. for sure. Like and I think I'm living proof of that. Where I I didn't play in any big teams, state teams, no D ones, mm-hmm. nothing. Like I wasn't playing NBO. But like eventually like someone found me. Someone gave me an opportunity. Yeah. And then from there it's up to you. But like that's where staying in the gym is on you. You know what so I mean? Baseline. Yeah. So if you're in the gym and you're getting better Someone will find you. Yeah. Play the game the right way. And then you just got to take it from there, really. Yeah. So, yeah. That's like it. That. Just stay in the gym. <laughs> and then, so, uh, I've, I've said this before, but, like, I've had a coach, mentor person tell me that, like, sometimes who you surround yourself with and who you have in your circle is important to, like, not only the way you approach things, but also to your success. Because if you have blossomers in your circle that, like, lift you up and, um not just um, like confirm your biases, like people that challenge you, people that push you hard. Do you have people like that in your circle? Like whether that's family, friends, whatever. Like yeah, yeah, definitely. And I have. I mean, to be honest, with Jono, yeah, <laughs> like Jono for me is yeah. is like I see him and like he has more excitement for me than I have for me sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like constant words of like you're gonna be this or not even you're gonna be th- you are this. Like yeah, you're this guy. You're that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like. Don't know, chill. But yeah, like, relax. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah. like I walk out of the gym and I feel so good. Like, yeah. And then we just got work in and my work is probably the, – the workout that I've had was just so much better just because yeah. of what he's saying and like what he's putting out there. Yeah. And then same goes with like my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my friends like around me that are in the basketball world and um like even uh molly did you know molly yeah. yeah yeah like miles has like been big for me you know just constantly like pushing me in basketball it's mm -hmm. like bro you're always you're gonna be this you're gonna be that um like joey mm -hmm. um yeah like a lot of, i could name a lot of people that are like that but in saying that i've also been in circles where it's the opposite you know yeah. what i mean and guys and people kind of like complain it's like this is not gonna happen or like dude that's crazy for you to think that or yeah. like why are you going to cans without getting paid like, yeah you know what i mean like, and you get that and it's just like and it's it's draining. And, it is and it, right. And it brings you down too. You're yeah. Like, Holy shit. And you start to believe it too. You know? Yeah. It's and like that, an energy sucker kind of. Yeah. It is. So like it's. I think it's really important to recognize the people in your life that are like you know blossomers, like yeah. you said, and the people that are draining you. And you, yeah. You got to just seek out those other people. Yeah, hundred percent. I I love that. That's literally. I think the biggest step I've taken in my professional career and my personal life has been recognizing the people that you know, are genuinely happy for your success. And mm -hmm. that does tie back into like some of my closest friends are the people that I go hardest at on the basketball court. Yeah. Like, I mean, like my fiance and I, we practice together all the time and we beat each other up on the basketball <laughs> court, yet she's my fiance. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. sometimes it's like the people in your life that push you hardest are the most dear to you. Yep. Um. So I guess that brings me to my next question is like when – as athletes, sometimes it's hard for us to feel seen, like whether it's the media, whether it's the the people around you, whatever. Like, pe like maybe there's photos of you places and media, but like to seen for who you actually are, like you're you. Do you feel like from the outside, someone just coming to a game or someone talking to you randomly at, at a camp or something, do you feel like people see you for who you actually are? Or do you feel like that's something you're still working at? Uh, no, nah, I don't think people see me for who, my, who I am. Like, yeah. Because I, like you said, I do play the game. I think yeah. people see me majority of the time on the court. Yeah. And I play the game in like a very aggressive way, yeah. you know, and like I talk trash and like I, I just probably come across as like arrogant or cocky yeah. or this, but like off the court, I feel like I'm just super chill. Mm -hmm. I just be at home. I try and stay out of the way as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And like I just don't really... I, I don't really care about that stuff. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like that just comes from my passion for basketball. Yeah. But um, I also, it might sound bad, but I don't really necessarily have like a want to try and like prove that I am that person, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, yeah just, for sure. I think the people around me know that that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think my teammates, even now, like the teammates I have in Southeast, like they don't really know who I am. They yeah. just know me as the basketball player, but I know after a week of preseason they're gonna, they're gonna yeah. be like oh, yeah, he's just you know what i mean like that's mm -hmm. just who he is on the court and this is who he is off the court mm -hmm. so for other people it's it is what it is with them yeah you know? it's cool no no I, I get what you're saying <laughs> um okay so we do have a few questions that were sent in by some people um one of them actually going off the back of what you just said the trash talk right trash talk, it says trash talk and celebrations um <laughs> i don't really know how to phrase this question but when like when you're trash talking are you just like is your mouth just running and you're not thinking about what you're saying or is it like are you pointed like you know what to say because i have no idea what i'm saying 90 percent of the time when yeah. i'm trash talking and i reckon if i got <laughs> mic'd up i don't know if i'd be speaking english yeah <laughs> like, is that you like <laughs> uh sometimes not really i don't really i think i i try and think it out like yeah well i'll just have lines like that i just i'll say to the same you know yeah, i'll say them yeah, over and over yeah. but i i don't know i I honestly think that trash talking in Australia is really poor. 
Like, yeah. It's pretty trash. Yeah, like, it's bad. Honest. Yeah. It's like, bad. So I, I feel like every single time I just, sometimes I'll just be like, man, I don't even want to talk to you. you know? like, yeah, that's, yeah. You're just talking about nothing, you yeah. know? Whereas I just, I really want to talk about yeah. something, you know? I really yeah. want to get into something, you He's know? ready to run his mouth. Yeah. Can we mic you up for an NBA one yeah. game? I feel like that would be brilliant. Like, uh, Yeah, maybe. A lot of, <laughs> it'd probably be a lot of bleeps. <laughs> I feel like that would make for uh, a great watch. I should do that though. Yeah, you should absolutely do that. <laughs> Can we make that a serious... Anyway, I digress. I think that's brilliant. I quite literally, like, I... There is some footage that i've done very very good job at burying but during WNBL games where i i don't even know what i am saying like i'm 100 sure it's not english i just look like i'm making noise and i wish like i've got some people in my life that are brilliant as trash talk and like they're so witty and stuff and i'm like mm-hmm. i need to relax because i need to get there yeah. like i need to make sense when i say something yeah, yeah, you have to, you have <laughs> i gotta make is sense. there a lot of trash talk in WNBL? um on uh actually no, no it's like frowned heaps. upon right like so like for um i would say for female athletes like showing emotion for the most part is frowned upon like even when mm. like we flex it's like what is she doing and it's not outside people saying that it's within our own sport yeah right so it's like other chicks on your team are only presenting like why would you flex like that's lame but like now we're getting to a sport like i mean when i play 3x3 with the gangroos like mm-hmm. Between me, Marina, Ali Wilson, and Loz Mansfield, like we're all talking so much shit. Theirs is way more um, structured, but like we're all flexing, we're all getting hype, getting around each other. It's a big missing piece in women's sport. Yeah, massive. Is that the nature of three and three though? Just because it's more physical. Absolutely. It's like yeah. To, yeah. To like you know? quite literally, like you're just fouling the crap out of each other and pushing each <laughs> other around. Like you got to talk shit. Yeah. Like you just have to. And then also, all the other countries are good at it too. Yeah. Granted, they're speaking Spanish or French and you're not really sure what they're saying, but yeah. it sounds smooth, you yeah. know? <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so this question, maybe you can shine some light on this. Ask Ben what happened at Year 12 Muck-Up Day from Spindles. Ask Ben what happened at Year 12 Muck-Up Day. What did happen on Year 12 Muck-Up Day? Do you not know the I answer? do know, but like, I feel like it can't be talked about. Or did you like glad wrap a teacher's car? No, nah, nothing or? like that. We didn't even get let into school. What? Like, we didn't even make it into sc- into the school ground. <laughs> and then from there, we ended up going to another school and just kind of had our muck-up day at another school, but that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, like some police got involved and stuff like that. That's so, actually brilliant. So, yeah, that's muck-up days are that. supposed to be wild though they're supposed to be like that they are but (laughs) this one wasn't (laughs) we'll get another version of that story on another day Mm -hmm. um are you excited about doing the phoenix and have you set any personal goals for the next season i am excited to join the phoenix Mm -hmm. um yeah very very excited especially just being from the southeast so just Mm -hmm. representing um like the area and and the kids from the area um any personal goals i mean not really i think just right now it's definitely just win the championship so it's not really a personal goal it's a it's a team, team goal, goal. Yeah. yeah um but you know i'm gonna just go out and say like probably most improved yeah I'll go with that for an indi- individual goal yeah, yeah i love that do the the most how cool would it be to do most improved like three mm. years in a row like do that that i think yeah. that that's an amazing thing yeah um and then this one says, who's going to win the NBL One National Champ this year? Yeah, that's us. Yeah? Yeah. I'm kind of worried about the schedule because it's like you're going to be in it. Like oh, we're going to be in the schedule. We're going to be like – because I think it's in Perth, right? Yeah. So like we'd have to fly to Perth whilst I'm in the Southeast preseason. Oh, so I don't. I would hate for it to take away from like 
the, yeah. build, the team building You'll make it work. Is. Yeah, but You'll make it work. I don't really see a team beating us. Definitely yeah. not in the South. Like, yeah. It's wraps for the South. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, we're definitely winning that, but then. Shout yeah. out Sandy. Yeah, shout out Sandy. Although, I would say Eltham might give you a run for your money. But, yeah, we already uh, beat him by 30, but cool. Hey, first of all, there's always more than one game. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is a random one. Have you tried the tacos from La Tortillaria in Kensington yet? Someone apparently you told someone that you would, and if you haven't, do it. Post it on your story. In and Kensington. Then, yeah, I don't know. I don't even Ken- know where Kensington is. Okay, all right. but um, but no, I haven't. But I love tacos. So yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna have to try that. I'll try. And then yeah. please put it up. Or send, send us. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll send this to you. Well. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said La Tortillaria. <laughs> I just mumbled the rest yeah, of the word. Yeah, yeah. It to you. yeah, and then we'll have to get you on a video on Under the Surface actually trying that. Okay, I got you. Um, and then this one says, what is your relationship with Quat like? I know you two were at the Taipans Taipans, Taipans mm. together. Uh, yeah, Quat, that's, that's my guy, you know, <laughs> yeah. we were very close. Um, Did you ever get in on any of his YouTube videos? Nah, you know, didn't, he didn't... never asked me. Oh, lame. Nah. But also, shout out to shout out to Quat for actually having one, having a YouTube account, <laughs> yeah. and actually, you know, posting content. You know, yeah. it's cool. I think there's a big space for like yeah. content, especially with NBL and WNBL players. Yeah. it's um, hilarious. His stuff is hilarious. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. And then also shout out to him for talking trash online and, yeah. uh, and doubling down on himself, whether it's NBL one. I think yeah. I need to do that this year, especially with Sandy. So um. And uh, yeah, but yeah, Quartz, my guy. I love that. Um, and then you've kind of already answered the advice that you would give to your younger self a little bit, but what is your favorite memory from your junior basketball if you have one? Favorite memory? Because you haven't actually basketball. said you played for McKinnon, yeah? Yeah, so I shot. played for McKinnon yeah. um, and then I played 18s at Sandy. Okay. Um, Contrary to what Wikipedia said, which was none of wedding, yeah, um, it is McKinnon and Sandy. I probably don't – I think actually I'll probably say going over to – when I moved from McKinnon to Sandy, Yeah, it was such a big deal at the time Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. my family is like very invested in the McKinnon yeah. world and I just wanted to kind of like move on, like yeah. up, up my career and go yeah. play like VC or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I went to Sandy and I eventually got put – I was in the twos to start, yeah. like bottom age 18s, but then yeah. I made the ones – and then after that, we like the ones I was we were good. And then the second year, I played 18s. We won VC Reserve. Nice. Yeah, cool. Let's go that's, a that. good, that's a good junior memory. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. counts for something. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, you've answered pretty much all the other questions. Like, when are you a gamer? Because it has a question about favorite things to do if you have a spare couple of hours. But I'm going to say you answered that with like reading and chilling and movies. And- yeah, just chill. I, I used to game at college a little yeah. bit, but I don't know, I'm not a massive gamer, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I'll play occasionally. I'm nice at 2K, but I don't really play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but sure I, you would be. Yeah. It's a self confidence. Yeah. yeah, yeah you got to yeah, believe sure. that you're good. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Actually, I'm really nice though. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, um, that kind of wraps it up for us i'm i like i think that hearing people's stories and or journeys that haven't gone the traditional route it's going to make that sentence kind of dissipate right there's no longer going to be a traditional route there's just going to be mm-hmm. routes yeah, you know I and like I, I liked what you said before about like having other people place ceilings on you and then you're just able to like kind of you know 
blow them off. You mm-hmm. know, like you're able to like burst through the ceiling. You're able to get rid of those ceilings. And I think that a lot of people, especially in the media these days, love to put like people in boxes. Mm-hmm. They love to put ceilings on people and they love to give people limits to what they can and can't do. And I love that you've been placed in those boxes and you've just like broken through that over again and again and again. So it's going to be really cool for people to listen into this because there is kids that are now going to be looking at what you've done and not they're not going to be feeling like, oh, there's no chance. Because yeah. that little bit of hope, that little bit of like, hey, I could actually do this because other people have, can then spark like a whole new generation of athletes that have slipped through the cracks of the traditional system to go on and do amazing things, right? Like, it's pretty fucking cool. That's no, so cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's dope. Anyway, but um, I digress. I'm excited for people to listen to this. Um, and I'm very thankful for having you on, Ben. This was Under the Surface with Annalie Maley and it's powered by Reebok. That was Under the Surface. If this episode brought up any concerns for you, we recommend you call Lifeline on 13 11 14.